podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, agents, and welcome to the Age of Independence. And I'm super excited about this episode because I am in our Quantum Allen location today with Justin Marks, uh, the president of Quote Hound. Hi, Justin. How are you? Hi, everyone. How are we doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm really excited that we get to have this chat side by side and talk to you guys today about internet leads in the world of digital marketing, what that means for our day and age. It's such a hot topic and it's a, something that comes up all the time with our agencies as they're launching and they're thinking through their business plans, how they're going to grow, how they're going to scale, how they're going to get leads in front of their new staff that they're bringing on. And there's just so much to unpack there. So um, Justin, just to catch our audience up to speed, Quote Hound is our partner in the digital marketing space. And you are really a pro (laughs) with all things data analytics, client acquisition, whether it be business to business or business to consumer. And that's where that's where you spend your time kind of unpacking those problems and getting us in front of the right clients. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's uh, we've been with Quantum since the beginning and it's pretty amazing to see how quickly they have grown and in a number of different areas. So it's always fun to see where they're going to go next. And how long have you been in di- this form of digital marketing? Yeah, so it's been about six, six and a half years in the digital marketing space. I am a recent transplant from California, San Diego specifically. And uh, when I left the, my collegiate career, I went into the digital marketing space kind of by accident and made my way in through a phenomenal company out there, was able to work with a couple of great, great folks in the space. So it's been a great ride for the last six and a half years, met a lot of really good people in the space, and um, it's been exciting to watch a lot of the people I've known from the beginning and uh, where they are today. So Texas versus San Diego, that's a big move. Yeah. It's a big move. Welcome. Yeah, I, uh, I will say Texas. The people are friend, friendly, and yes. Um, but yes, a little bit of a culture shock in a good way. But um, I've been here for about six, six and a half months, and wow, I'm uh, I'm excited for where the next six months are going because just being with the team every day and uh, being in Texas has been a great thing. I, I feel like when you first moved to Texas, this culture shock that he's talking about is almost like. Whoa, people are so nice. It's too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always think of like New York and California very similar. They always do their own thing and, and everyone's going very quickly. And, and I got to Texas, it was a little slower, but it was great because the first person came up to me. It was like, oh, wow, are you not from here? Of course, I said, <laughs> um, no, I moved here, you know, a day ago. And they're like, welcome to Texas. And <laughs> it was so refreshing to be, to not know the person. And they were just the most warm, heartfelt person that I've met in a long time. I remember when we moved here from the Chicago area, we were walking in a mall. Like, I guess we'd gone to the mall to get something. We're just walking along with our little family and some other gentleman's walking in the opposite direction. And as he passes us, he's like, hi, how are you? And I was like, whoa, hi. Yeah, like, I don't know you, but okay. <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys are loving it. And have you found the best barbecue spot in Texas yet? Ooh, yes. We you travel have? long and far. So every Saturday... <laughs> It's our mission to go do something fun. And the first stop is always a barbecue spot. So we have thoroughly tested the top 15 places in Dallas. And we even drove two and a half hours last weekend to go find a place in the middle of nowhere, but totally worth it. So yeah, we we love barbecue. That's awesome. Well, you guys have been so good about getting out there and adventuring. And I feel like (laughs) they're getting to know Texas better than I am already. So there's lots to do, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's in Dallas, outside Dallas, and it's beautiful here. So why not explore? Yeah. So um, I I do have to say, though, that we don't have as much sailing in Texas as you're used to. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up sailing every day when I was younger. I was a collegiate sailor in college. And um, there is not the same water in Dallas that there is in San Diego. But we've been able to make our way back a few times. So it's it's good to uh, good to go back to home base there and, and go on the East Coast and sail a little bit. But it's uh, it's one of those things I do miss. But there's a lot of that's awesome. So in the world of digital marketing, um, working with leads, data analytics, what is what does that entail right now? Like what are some of the big things that you're working on right now that are that are coming up in your conversations with the 
students? Yeah, a lot of the things that come up on a daily daily basis are how are people being successful? What are they doing? What are those secret sauce uh, algorithms or the most important things that people are doing to be, be successful? And I think when I talk to agency owners, big or small, it all comes down to their processes. Do they have a process in place? Are they training around that process once? And then retraining as, as they hear their team members talk on the phone. And the reason why that's so important is consistency. So the sales team needs consistency to feel important, to do well. And same thing on the marketing side. If you're not consistently following up with consumers who have intent and, and want to talk to someone, the person down the street is going to go have a conversation with them or they're going to go seek someone out down the street. So it's very important that the team is consistent, the organization is consistent, and that consistency allows for success and continued success. Interesting. So what size agencies do you primarily work with? Wow, we work with everything from a one, one person operations, the lean and mean team, uh, all the way up to organizations that are 100 plus in the sales force. And, and agnostic of the size, it's still mm-hmm. the same process that's driving it. They're making sure that they're creating a connection between the consumer and the person on the phone, showing the value that they provide and really doing right by the consumer. So, you know, it is different when you have a sales floor of a few, but um, but it's the same processes that have been successful. And, and it's fun to watch even the smaller teams really grow because yeah. as soon as they add another person, that's the dynamic. And, and it's fun to watch those teams grow. There's a quantum agency in, oh my gosh, I don't want to get the state wrong, um, but look up Kelly's story on our quantum YouTube channel because they have a team of two and the numbers they're putting up are just absolutely nuts. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think smaller, big, it's always fun to watch them go. I, I selfishly like to watch the smaller guys go. Um, it's just so fun. Yeah. It's, it's a cool story to go and, and um, they really see the fruits of their labor as they make changes. I love internet leads so much. And I think people are always like, what, what do you mean? But when I first started in insurance 10 years ago, there, the first two types of lead sources we tried were cold call telemarketing and internet leads. And then we did door-to-door and a ton of networking as well. We tried everything under the sun, but internet leads was where I found my footing. It's where I met my clients. It's where I had those quality conversations. It's how I cranked my volume up. And when I think about internet leads, what I'm seeing in my head is the name of the clients that I sold over the years. Yep. The, I'm thinking of Mary, who I helped with her car and her home and umbrella, who stayed with my agency for five years. I'm thinking of Jake, who was the college-age guy who got an umbrella for the first time in a motorcycle and supported our agency for years and years. And those conversations you can have over the phone, I think, can go so much deeper than we even realize. And so internet leads definitely come with their challenges, but I think it's about understanding the situation, having a holistic view of what digital marketing can look like. And I've seen agents have a really bad experience with internet leads over the years. Um, I've seen agents um, who've lost money on internet leads. I've seen agents where they see an agent come into town who cranks out internet leads, but they're just selling state minimum and then they lose all their clients and there's no retention. And they think, I don't want to build a business that way. And you're right. You don't want to build a business that way. So I think that there's pitfalls that you want to be aware of with digital marketing. And there's also a world of opportunity. And so if I can accomplish anything through this episode, I think what I want to do is just hash out some of those nuances and try to give you guys as well-rounded of a view as possible of what can come of that conversation and that client interaction so that when you're putting your business plan together, you're evaluating it you can really think through whether or not that form of marketing has a place in your agency or not. Yeah. And so I think it's important to have a goal to understand what your goal is at the end of the day. So after your marketing campaign is done, what are you looking to accomplish? Are you looking to grow a particular line of business? Are you looking to grow bundle packages? And then with that goal, build a relationship with your lead vendor, whether it's mm-hmm. A, B, C, or D, it, it doesn't really matter where you buy the leads from, but understanding what you're getting, what's realistic from a performance standpoint, and sharing your experience in in between the first step through the last step with that vendor so that they can ingest what you've given them back and and make changes to understand what's going to drive successful conversations. And and just as important, understanding what is not driving those successful conversations so that you can adjust the marketing sources is really, really important. And oftentimes with folks who are hesitant to get in the space, they think it's the turn a key and all of a sudden hundreds of sales are going to flood in. And, and it's really not that process. You need to follow with your team, making sure they're doing their, their processes 
you need to make sure that you understand where you're buying the leads from and, and buying the right type of leads. Not all leads are created equal. So you can certainly go buy leads that are non-standard. There's plenty of them out there. But you can also focus on, on great carriers and find the right consumer attributes that are going to drive the business that does provide good retention, good bundling, and all the things that come, come about from this. Can you give us some lead management 101, <laughs> JM? So um, if, when you talk about like there's a couple different kinds of internet leads, I tend to use the word internet leads in a very broad sense. Like mm-hmm. I just say internet leads. And what I'm talking about is the kind of lead where you can purchase the client went online because they were shopping for insurance. And now we have connected with them. We have a phone number. We have some information. And now we're starting a conversation. But that internet lead could take many different yeah. And I think it's important to put yourself in the consumer experience as well. So when, when they're going online, they're going to a website and they're, filled, they're giving all this information about them. So one of the important things I like to share with agency owners is when you do get that person on the phone, be friendly, right? Understand that they might be getting calls from you and, and a few other folks and provide the best experience out there. Let them know that you're here to end their shopping because you're going to do such a great job. Um, and build that relationship because it is a little bit of a foreign concept where a random person is calling you or someone you might not know is calling you and probably calling you a few times, but, but really making that step to add the comfort level is very important. I think sometimes as salespeople, we underestimate our ability to be able to do that mm-hmm. because the client might say something like, oh, I'm busy or oh, my spouse submitted that information. You can call him or, hey, you know what? I'm not up for renewal yet. And I was actually just looking for some information. And don't underestimate your ability to be able to turn that conversation around. Because if you are um, building credibility, it doesn't take long for them to realize they've reached the right person. Mm-hmm. And I found that that's what they're really looking for is they want to do business with someone who is easy to talk to. They know what they're talking about. You built credibility. You obviously are the right person and you can convey so much of that in such a short period of time. Yeah. Getting insurance is uncomfortable if you're not in insurance. I don't come from an insurance background and I understand a portion of it through, through my job here, but you know, consumers, you got to put yourself in their shoes. They don't know really what to ask. They, they're, they're uncomfortable because of, they've heard of, you know, a, a horror story from someone down the street, or maybe their mother or brother had a bad experience. So make that personal connection and help them understand that insurance doesn't have to be complex. We can break it down in a simple manner. And I think that's really important to convey to your team, especially when you're buying those internet leads, or maybe you're calling a list of consumers that are a little bit older um, for a win back campaign or something like that. But building that synergy between yourself and the consumer is, is really important. And really, the I think the type of leads that you're working makes a huge difference because my background, my familiarity is with the personal lines mm-hmm. situation. Somebody who's looking for options for their car insurance, their home insurance, you know, the products that they deal with every day. Um, but you also deal with agencies where their, their niche focus is completely different. Yeah. I mean, we serve a couple of different categories here. So auto insurance, home insurance, uh, commercial insurance, which is pretty exciting for us as well. And then in the last 45 days, we just started working in the life insurance and the health insurance market. So completely different types of consumers, obviously requesting for different things, whether it's the, the business owner, the trucking down the street who needs to get insurance on their uh, the floral, floral shop or the trucker on you know 75 here in Texas looking to get that conversation. And, and building the scripts around or the talking paths around those consumers is really, really important. You're not going to approach a trucker the same way as you're going to approach someone who is looking to uh, get health insurance because of uh, because of a change in a job or something like that. So it's really, really important to have those driven conversations around those verticals. And you'll find that the, the consumers act differently in those areas as well. So business owners, they have a need right then and there. Um, and it's you'll you'll be amazed by the intent of those consumers having those conversations. It's a business, it has to have insurance. Then you might get some conversations where you know, someone with a home and two cars, they're, they're simply shopping. Like they're, they're out to find the best quote available and whoever's going to captivate them the most and provide the best experience they often go with. Yeah, absolutely. So just with that little disclaimer, guys, as we go through this conversation, I'm sharing stories and experiences and best tips and practices and things that have worked for me. Just know that's coming from my personal lines background. So if you're in the health insurance and you're like, whoa, that would never work with my health insurance clients, you might be right. (laughs) So um, some of these things really apply across the board. And then some of it's really about knowing your niche audience and their very unique needs and concerns and what's going to work for that person. Um, In the personal line space, the processes that you mentioned are huge mm-hmm. because 
you, you have to be prepared for this lead source that you now have coming in. So if you're investing, you know, funds, time, training into this new lead source, you want to be able to get a return on your investment. And that requires a plan, having a system, and then having a plan for how you're going to get your eyes on the data and figure out what's going on and be able to make determinations about whether or not this lead source is valuable for you or not. And I think there's there's some things that can happen along the way that can be real pitfalls where it can be easy to take the wrong turn. And um, that can come with making a decision too soon that the lead source is bad too soon or throwing money at the wall before your team is ready to sell them. So let's just, let's just talk about them. So common pitfalls, what do we need to be aware of? Buying too much is going to sound so weird, but buying too much because we're so excited about leads and this is going to be the the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, if you break that down into a couple of different segments, people as a human can only do so many things a day. You can only do so many things a day successfully. So if you give a, a team member, whether they're 10 straight or brand new, 50 new leads a day, heck yeah, they're going to drop the ball. They're not going to follow up as efficiently as possible. So setting the goal of what's realistic for how many good quality conversations a person can have a day is really, really important in that, in that buying scheme. I think some of the other things that are very important is picking a CRM that your team has full belief in. There are more CRMs out there than I have fingers and toes. And my opinion on the CRMs is very simple. Find a CRM that your team uses. It perfect, creates efficiency and has great follow-up processes. So whether that's a consistent call cadence or maybe texting has been really successful, or maybe some people have really good success with email. So I think it's important to pick that technology piece that's gonna make your team shine. And that will help you work those leads appropriately with the right volume. Um, what are the other, some of the other- I wanna, I wanna dive into one of the things you said right there, Jam. So buying too many leads, this actually <laughs> I've seen an agency where they're like, we're just grinding. And my wife and I have like 40 leads to send out tonight. And I was like, uh, I was like, four, four, what, what do you mean? <laughs> You're like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And so define with your team what a quote is. If they say they did 40 quotes, what, what do they mean by 40 quotes? What does that even mean? So it's not unusual to walk in and talk to your team and say, hey, how's your day going? And they'll say, it's 11 a.m. I already did five quotes. And I'll be like, well, how did you finish five real quotes in two hours, right? So define what you mean by the word quote. What is a completed real quote consultation count for in your agency? So for us at Quantum, we don't quantify it as a quote until we've given a real price over the phone. So that means if you have, if you're only in the writer and you don't have a real price yet, it's not a quote. You're just working on a quote. Or if you are getting through the conversation, the client says they have to go, they're busy, and you email a real price, it's still not a quote because you didn't present the package over the phone. So presenting the real price over the phone is when we call it a real quote. And so learning how to define what your sales pipeline looks like is really just step one of this process. So there's a um, couple different stages that this conversation will go through from the time that it first hits your system and your CRM So when they finally become a client of your agency and defining that terminology with your team will be huge. Um, They might also say, oh, I've got a hot one. I've got a hot one. Well, what what does that mean? (laughs) What what does a hot one have? So we define a hot lead as a client who has already decided to purchase and given a yes. And you're just waiting for a piece of information. You're just waiting for a piece of payment information, a driver's license for their teenager, a document. Um, a hot lead isn't one that you hope to close. That's a warm lead. <laughs> and so um, defining some of this terminology can help you because managing your sales team's activity and helping them acclimate to what this um, really dynamic, fast-paced, high-volume environment will feel like and look like is really, really important. So we're not looking for them to do five quotes in two hours. We're looking for them to present a bundled car and home package solution to the client. And if they do that in that two hours of time, they're going to walk away in a much better place and a lot closer to bringing client on board. And I think that comes down to vertical as well. So when you talk about the personal space versus the commercial space <laughs> and just the value of, of the economics is so big, so, so different. So you might do one commercial quote a day, but that might be a $60,000 quote. And that might take you 30 days to close because of all yeah. the 
paperwork and all the underwriting that goes into it. So setting realistic expectations per vertical is also very important. You know, you can do much higher volume on the personal side compared to the, the commercial side or some of the other areas that you play with them as well. I think another common pitfall is buying those leads and getting them activated and they're coming through your system before the team has had robust insurance sales training about what your sales conversation is going to look like in your agency. So what's some of your advice as far as sales process and things that are important to know? I think role play is important. So if you if you put yourself in the shoes of a sales uh, conversation you've had in the last 30 or 60 days and you call a call center, it could have been anywhere in the world, right? It could have been the U.S. or outside. Some of those conversations are really rough, it's just not very smooth. So do you want to have, a, have your team have those rough conversations? Probably not, especially if we're talking consumers who are shopping in the marketplace. They're interested in feeling comfortable. So have a script that have your team role play more. Have your team go through objections, right? Just because someone says, oh, you know, I don't think I'm quite interested, you know, have a script to forward bottles. That's so, so important, especially in the internet lead space and, and train around it. I think it's important as you have a team to share your wins and your losses, right? Those losses might help someone else in the organization say, oh, I had a conversation just like that. And the next time I, I hear a consumer share that one piece, I'm going to have that light bulb in my head go off and I'll have the perfect talking point for that. So sharing the experiences on the team is very important and having those scripts built out or having a team member who can help people through the conversation is very important. I think the reality is that when it comes to strategic sales, a lot of times what's going to work is what feels counterintuitive at first. So if you let people sell from their gut reaction and they just are just saying what comes naturally to them, it might sound something like, Hi, Justin. This is Caitlin. I'm calling from Quantum. How are you? Hi, I received your information about an auto quote. Very robotic. You know, it's 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 not comfortable to be on the other end of the phone of that. So building that rapport is just so important. I know at Quantum and trained pretty heavily in that is, you know, create a relationship, be memorable, you know, make the consumer comfortable in that conversation. It does go a long way. And I always I'll say it again, but I always talk about my own experiences on call center and Sometimes they're rough and it doesn't put you always in the best mood or, you know, makes you smile and get all excited <laughs> about talking about those items. So, you know, really work with your team to have smooth transitions and be purposeful with what they're talking about. I have an episode a little bit further back that you guys can check out that's about how you can start writing scripts and how you can start creating your own sales process in your agency and what that will look like. So just to give you some cliff notes, listen to the way your team is introducing your agency over the phone? And are they introducing your agency to clients the way that you want your agency to be introduced? Does it align with your branding? And then challenge your team to practice introductions where they introduce who your agency is without using the words shop your rate or find you the cheapest price. They need to have another way that they can introduce you to show the value that you bring. And it, there's an exercise that you can do with your team where you brainstorm together. What are 10 things that you know you can deliver on for this client today that have nothing to do with finding them a cheaper rate. And at first they're going to be like, well, I mean, that's what do you mean? That's my, my go-to. Like, <laughs> so I lead every conversation. Yeah. But our, our job isn't to just input information and data and just read a rate off the screen to the client. Our job is to create a buying experience. And I think sales training starts with defining for your sales team. What are they here to do? What's their mission? What's their purpose in this role? What is a successful call look like? What does success in your agency look like? And being able to create an experience for the client where they're receiving a total risk review and where you're presenting bundled home and car and umbrella package solutions for them today that have made sure that they're not overinsured, they're not underinsured, it's custom fit for their family and their true needs. That, that takes training, but that's something your team can get behind. That's something they can be proud of at the end of the day and motivated by because they know, you know what, when that client gives me an objection, when they do shoot me down, when they tell me like, hey, no, I'm not interested or uh, I already got a bunch of quotes and Geico is the cheapest, so I'm just going to stay with them. They're going to have the gumption and the wherewithal to be like, well, the reason I ask is because I'm an independent agent and here's how I can help you. And you have to find a way to get their mindset in the right place to where they're fired up about helping this person. And they're on fire to find a, pro find a problem so they can solve it and put the client in a better position than they were in before they came to you. And if you can have them like ready to go for that conversation, then you can start teaching them how to overcome those objections. And 
getting getting them in that mind frame around, you know what, my job doesn't start until they give me a no. I, I think some of the important things around that. So when I bought insurance and, and I got a real insurance review, I was undercover and I didn't know about any of that. And I think one of the misconceptions about web leads or internet leads is they always want bare minimum coverage. Well, that's because they don't know better. And oftentimes having the conversation to say, hey, here are the things that you're not covered for. Slowly you build up the coverage of those consumers. And all of a sudden the person who wanted state minimum has 100, 300 and, and they're covered pretty well. So using your training and allowing the team to understand how to pitch and why they should have particular coverage and take that same consumer from someone who came in with low coverage into a consumer who has full package and full coverage is very important for them as well. So Justin, if God forbid you're involved in an accident and let's say it it was your fault in this scenario and, you know, the client suffered injuries in that case, would you like the insurance company to kick in and help pay for that? Or would you like to pay for that out of pocket? I don't think I'd like to pay for that out of pocket. (laughs) So there's um, so many things we can equip our team with to help them articulate in layman's terms to the client, Mm -hmm. the value that they provide. These are probably used to hearing often, oh, you know, you know, statement of them sounds great. We had a call the other day where I was listening to sales coaching calls and the client said, I already have $25,000 of coverage. And she was like, I, I mean, obviously I'm not, I don't, she's like, that's tons. I don't need more than that. And so that's where the conversation started. There was so much opportunity there. It was fantastic. Yeah. A lot of it's just education and sounding like you're an insurance professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed, let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual intel, that's with two L's, that's virtual, I-N-T-E-L-L, Com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel. Cast certified. Um. Let's see here. So pitfalls. I think in a perfect world, let's pretend you have these great, you've got these great leads coming in, you position them in front of great talent and they're trained and they're ready to go. There's still things that could go wrong from there. Yeah. I think follow-up process is very important. So ensuring that you're front of mind for the consumer and, um, you know, really doing a good job to be friendly. That's important. Friendliness goes a long way with, with consumers. Um, pitfall. Some of the other pitfalls could be not not managing just what you're buying. So are you are you really focused on the areas where you know you're competitive? In the in every state, there are areas where your carrier is more competitive than others. Are you having those conversations with your lead provider? Um, are you having those conversations with your team? Sometimes the best knowledge that comes about through the sales floor is, hey, every single time we get a lead in X area, we we can just never beat the coverages or the price point of other people, have those conversations, feed that information back to the vendor so they can take it and provide you leads that you are successful in, in areas where you know you have that competitive advantage. So just really understanding what's going on in the sales floor, not setting and forgetting, and ensuring your team is doing what they're supposed to by following with those consumers. And we recommend following with consumers once a day. It might sound a little strange, but being top of mind for those consumers and guiding through the process is really important so that things don't get lost. People are busy and, and you'd be surprised with the amount of folks that we talk to like, oh yeah, we give a quote and we're going to call them back in a week because they want to think about that. 
that, that's just a long time. I mean, it's important to stay in the presence of their mind and, and provide that good value because they'll quickly forget the great conversation you had because life is busy and everyone's doing other things. So what kind of numbers do we need to have our eyeballs on to make sure that this is being managed in a good place? Yeah. So I think there are a few fundamental metrics that, that we typically recommend. Your contact ratio of the consumers received. How many people are you able to have a conversation with? I think that's one of the first top fundamental metrics. Have you guys ever walked into the into the agency and asked your team how the day's going? And they're like, oh, I just I haven't talked to anybody today. I mean, in our environment, if somebody says they haven't talked to anybody today, that's highly unusual. So that tells me, hey, I need to take a look at the call reporting and see what our contact ratio was. Yep. Because it may feel like you didn't talk to someone today. But what if you did and it's that they were throwing some objections at you and we could train around those and help you feel confident and comfortable about how to turn that into a meaningful conversation. So contact ratio. Yeah. And I think really closely behind that one is quote ratio. So of the conversation you're having, how many are turning into a quotable conversation, a conversation where you have a rate call three and you have something you can present where they can actually buy? So I love this one so much. Like you're talking about the lead to quote yep. conversion ratio. Lead to quote conversion ratio is one of my favorite ones to look at because A, I think it's one that agents neglect to look at most often. And I'm not a good athlete, but I played sports in high school. And to me, just having more at-bats, to me, that just makes sense in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you can give your team this sports analogy. You you can't hit a home run if you don't have an at-bat. So it's so important to figure out out of the leads that are coming in, how many were contacted Mm -hmm. out of the people that were contacted, which means they picked up the phone, how many of those were quoted? Because that's where your area of opportunity is. Every time a client picks up the phone, it's an opportunity to create a relationship. Absolutely. And then I think the next funnel metric from there is going to be, of the quotes provided, how many are turning into buys? How many of those consumers are buying through your agency? Um, and, and again, a lot gets lost in translation there as well. If you're not having an efficient follow-up process of the quotes provided, it's likely that that close ratio is going to be lower than someone who's efficiently following up with their quotes. Some of the most successful people here at Quantum, they call every day. They call to talk about how their day was, you know, just being top of mind. But that really does make a meaningful impact on how many of those quotes turn into viable conversations. Absolutely. So once the policy is bound, mm-hmm. now you know what kind of premiums you're talking, you know, what kind of revenue from that carrier. So now you can crunch your CPA. Yeah. So now you have your, your acquisition cost or how much, how much marketing material it takes to acquire those consumers. And some people stop here, which I think is a little bit interesting because there's so much data involved once you get the policy. So once you have that sale, what carrier was it? Was it a top, top one carrier? Was it one of your carriers where you don't get as much commission? What was the value of that sale? Was it $15,000 in premium or was it a $300 render policy, right? Very, very different for the agency economics. And one of the things that a lot of folks don't do to, to lead providers that they should, they should feed back the value of the sale and they should feed back a tier system. So is it a tier one client or is it a tier two or a tier three client? That way we can understand that not all sales are pretty equal, right? We really want to focus on the sales that are going to have good retention, the bundled sales. We really want to focus in areas where the premium average is probably a little bit higher than another. So if you're able to take that data, feed it back to your lead provider, it will give them basically the keys to the castle to say, hey, here's where we're really successful. And here's where we're not just successful, but we're profitable. I could talk about bundles all day long because our, to a salesperson on the team, it can feel like bundles are something that just may or may not be in the cards for me today, right? <laughs> but there's a huge mindset shift that needs to happen there. Bundles aren't something that happens to you. Bundles are something that you create. And having a conversation where, you know, the client, if they're buying a home, they're going to say, hey, I have my hands full. So how are you going to handle that situation? Or if they're at the car dealership, they're not, you want to get them home as soon as possible, right? That doesn't mean that we can't do a total risk review with this person. And so we need to think through those things and make sure that our team is equipped to know how to present total bundled package solutions together for the client. Because if it's been a while since their policies were reviewed, and if our goal is to uncover gaps and risks that they have and make sure that they're protected moving forward. Why would we do that for the home and not the auto? Mm -hmm. Why would we do that for the cars and not the house? And so I think that that really helps empower your team to be able to step up as a professional and have a um, really use their expertise to guide the client to being able to make an informed decision. 
making it make it as easy as possible for your clients to do what's in their best interest. So it's good for the client, right? It's good for them. It's good for your attention. And it also helps your bottom line as well. So if you're able to write two policies versus one, you know the economics are going to be greater. So it allows you then to take that money, reinvest into more marketing to ensure that you keep that engine running and to ensure that you're growing the right type of clients that are good for the business and good for the consumers as well. And I know we've been nerding out with you guys on a couple of like numbers and data and reporting things for a minute. There's just one more number I want to talk about because I know that we have people listening who recently launched an independent agency. And I know we have people listening who are captive right now who are going to be independent agents not long from now. And one of the things that's different in the independent world is that your revenue per carrier, per product line is different all across the board. So you have this additional layer of complexity where you need to be able to see from the data, hey, just because I'm closing this one like it's hot doesn't mean I'm necessarily getting more revenue from that carrier. Yeah, I mean, uh, payout commissions per carrier can be be greatly different, 10, 15 points, depending on the carrier. So that's where we talked about passing that information back to to your lead provider because not all sales are created equal. And you might be getting a lot of quick sales, but the commission might be low. So the, the numbers might look good, but when you actually peel back the onion a little bit, it might not be as profitable as you believe. So as a business owner, it's important to understand the type of business you're writing and to ensure that you are moving the needle in the correct spot so that you can cash flow the agency and, and put the consumer with the, the best product possible. So I'm going to do a quick recap here just um, to catch us up to speed before we kind of just address some of those common myths that are out there. And so just to kind of highlight some of the things we've touched on so far today, if internet leads are something you're considering for your agency, first of all, there's different kinds. So talk to your internet lead provider about what's available and what makes the most sense for your team. Don't buy too many. They'll be able to recommend for you what's a good quantity that is something a person should be able to handle in a day. And make sure you have the right CRM system in place. Make sure you have a sales process. It's how how do you want this interaction this branding opportunity with this client to go? What do you want that to sound like? And then the sales management process means that you are a designated person in your agency needs to be running daily reports to show you the performance of this campaign that you've invested in so that you can see how many people are picking up the phone, how many at-bats did we have, what's coming of those conversations, where are they in the pipeline, what kind of revenue is it bringing in? Is our team bundling? Is my team maximizing the opportunities that were in front of them? And that's going to put you well on your way. So for those of you who are listening, who are like, uh, I'm not in that boat. <laughs> Internet leads are not for me. Let's just talk about, so what are some of those things? What are those, like, what's some of the conversation that's out there on the Internet leads that you hear from people that would be hesitations, reasons that they're like, ah, oh, that's not for me. I've tried in the past. Um, I only write state minimum. Um, it's not profitable. Um, what are some of the other ones? I don't have time in my day. I think that's a big one. Or One I've heard is my team doesn't like them. Yep. My team doesn't like them. Um, we've tried those vendors in the past or things along those lines. And I think a lot of it comes down to culture. And how are you building the culture in the agency to help them earn the potential that they want to earn? And when we talk about leads in general, there's, there's referrals, there's paid leads. And I think one of the things is if you do have those processes in place, internet leads are scalable. They're predictable and scalable. So if you're looking to grow your organization, whether that's two more policies a month or 2,000 more policies a month, you can craft a marketing plan that works for your agency. And if you are leading the charge, I see oftentimes the leaders are never on the phone. If you as a leader are on the phone and being a great example for your team, all of a sudden the mind mind shift is going to occur. And if you're doing it, they're doing it. And if they want to earn money and they want to help additional clients, they're all of a sudden going to fall in line in a good way. So building that culture is very, very important and and leading by example. You, You said a word that reminds me of a conversation I had last summer. So you said internet leads are scalable, but you said they're predictable. And last summer, the first conversation I had on the agency intelligence podcast with Jason Cass before I launched Age of Independence, we were just talking, we were talking about internet leads and the topic came up and I made a statement where I said, well, internet leads are obviously more predictable than referrals. And you wouldn't believe (laughs) the unintentional buzz that created. And to me, it was just just a factual statement to me. It was something that to me felt black and white from experience because that's what they've been for me in my world. But I didn't say that internet leads are necessarily better than referrals. No. They're just more predictable, I think. Yeah, I think a well-rounded sales force should have a little bit of everything. 
um, you should be getting referrals off of the paid leads that you have yes. so that that wheel continues to run. And, and if you're not, and you've just provided this great experience, you're missing out on that opportunity for that experience to be with their family members or their friends. So, you know, just because it's a paid lead doesn't mean it's not a referral opportunity. Every lead, no matter where the source is, should be an ask, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I know we've created great, great value for you today. You know, I'd love to help the mother we talked about in the conversation, your brother, because we know that they're probably underserved. So really enforcing with the team that it's best practices and you're doing the right thing for their friends as well. It's very, very important. And having that conversation with your team so that they understand the balance. What are the roles that leads play in our marketing strategy? What are the roles that referrals play? And um, if your goal is to scale and grow and to crack the code to high volume new business, then digital marketing is probably playing a really huge role in that business strategy. Because if your goal is to eventually get all of your leads organically from sources like referrals, then you can write a lot of business that way, but you're going to hit plateaus along the way. So if you're trying to really scale and grow and you are introducing internet leads or digital marketing into that mix, there's a really cool opportunity there where that client that you just closed can absolutely still turn into a client referral. Or you may have just received the information for the loan processor, and now you can call the loan processor, introduce yourself, begin a relationship with that mortgage broker. But then your referrals are really coming through the pipeline organically, just through natural conversations that you're already having in the office. You're not having to send your team out where they're um, spending time outside of the office that you don't know is going to be fruitful. So it removes those unknowns out of the equation. And it allows them still opportunities to be able to build up a client referral base, still be able to build up relationships with mortgage brokers, but from the context that we're already getting in front of them. It's an I, interesting combo. I think it's such a morale booster when you do get that referral. And mm-hmm. once they feel that that great you know, endorphins going through their body, they're like, oh man, it was so simple just to ask, like, why not? All of a sudden, you're going to see that your internet leads might be providing a consistent amount of policies. And all of a sudden, there's a big spike in the amount of policies coming in from the consumer from a partner. And all of a sudden they've just cracked, cracked the code to saying, Hey, you know, I'm so glad we had the conversation today. Can you help me connect to, to the person you're just chatting about? And, and all of a sudden those producers who may be doing a specific amount of items have really found great success and those cost nothing. So it's just mm-hmm. incremental and it, it can, it can snowball in a great way. And it's a great moment. I think there's a misconception out there in, in some environments that somehow the ultimate goal the gold standard of success in the agency is to one day get to the point where all of your new business is organic, non-paid, either word of mouth, referrals, however a client found you. And I get where they're going with that. I understand it. That's I, You want to be efficient. You don't want to waste money. You want to be a good steward of your resources. But if you have an effective method that's high volume, that brings in a profit for your agency, that you could combine with the other referral sources that you just described as well and have that mix in your agency, it really diversifies what you're leaning on. Yeah, I think the past two years has been a great example of that. Never put all your eggs in one basket. So we don't know what's going to happen in the world these days, crazy stuff. And, you know, if you were really relying on foot traffic in the past past years of your business, and all of a sudden for some unforeseen reason, the foot traffic is no longer there. Um, how are you going to have the successful business or how are you going to keep that, that wheel running? So, you know, having the referrals is phenomenal and we're always a huge fan of that. But adding on incremental sources from there, I think is so important from a business owner to stay diversified. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think another thing that comes up is the retention because retention is so important, right? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think retention is is critical for most agencies, right? A lot of carrier contracts are contingent on how how they're performing and how their book is retaining. So, you know, I, I think a lot of this comes down to um, a couple of different things. Are you bundling? I think bundling is probably one of those one thing. If you're writing just renters policies, it's likely that consumer is probably going to have some turnover. So taking the conversations, having the risk review, helping them understand why bundling is so important, not only for their them, but for the business as well. And that's how a lot of the misconceptions made that they only want one policy. Well, they might just not know that they need the coverage for those other areas. So I know a lot of folks who built entire businesses off of internet leads and their retention is 90, 92 plus percent. So 
I, I think a lot of it comes down to training the culture and, and helping the team understand why it's so important for the consumer and why it's so important for the organization to have these formal conversations. Absolutely. And as an independent agency, when your client gets that deck page and they chose a policy through an insurance carrier, it's going to have that insurance company's name on the paperwork as well. So they're also going to be seeing the Safeco, the Nationwide, the Travelers, what have you. And it's so, so important that you brand your agency along with that so that they don't forget the role that you play in their insurance relationship. It's absolutely possible for your sales team to get on the phone, quote, and close a client and never even mention the name of your agency. Yeah. And that's going to hurt your retention far far more than anything else because the client simply doesn't know who you are or uh, have that long-standing relationship with you. And so making sure that your agency has value-building statements where um, your team is really empowered and equipped to be, to be able to articulate really clearly to this person what problem they solve for them, how they put them in a better position than where they were before you spoke today, and how you're going to help them in the future will be crucial to that person knowing to call you when they have an issue and knowing that what they can expect out of your agency and that you have set up a long-term solution for them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Man. Um, let us know, send me some DMS guys. Let me know if there's anything that we didn't tackle. that's top of mind for you. I really feel like we covered a lot, but I think that at the end of the day, this is about opportunity because they, we don't want to write off something that could be a good opportunity. We want, we want to have an, the information that we need to make an important decision, right? Because there is a there is a opportunity with internet leads to be able to get in front of more clients and help more people and broaden that reach outside of your your local community. Yeah, I think the, the message I convey is have a plan, right? Uh, not just uh, an overarching plan, but consistently check in on that plan, seeing how the team's doing, what what the culture feels like, ensuring that you are meeting the metrics we talked about earlier in the conversation, and not just set and forget. I mean, I think any marketing search, whether it's a referral or a paid lead, you can't set and forget. I think that's that's one of those <laughs> mystical mystical items where it's like, oh, I have a referral. I can I can totally just call them back yeah. tomorrow because they know who I am. So yeah. having those processes in place and and making sure you're making it fun for the team, making yes. sure that uh, that they see the value in it because it is valuable. For There's them. so many fun games you can play, sales practice games, or you can role play. Really get everybody like having a great time, getting loud and competitions, numbers on the whiteboard, um, you know, friendly competition, hearing everybody else. We have the sales gong. gong. My kids love to hit the sales gong when they come into the office. And it is so fun. And um, when we're training a new class, the class always looks at me a little funny when I tell them I love internet leads, but there's nothing more fun for a salesperson than being able to get in front of a client, have that conversation and do what you do, right? So let's create an environment where we're making it rain and they're not sitting at their desk, tapping their fingers, hoping that the phone is going to ring. That's death for a sales environment. And we, we just can have, we have the opportunity to create, to create something so dynamic. And um, you, you mentioned not setting it and forgetting it. And I think that's so important because at Quantum, one of the things that we do for our agencies is the customer service. Mm-hmm. And that it's such a big deal because we just listed a bunch of things that need to happen for this form of digital marketing to work and be effective. And if you're able to focus and be in the zone on marketing, managing that lead relationship, looking at your reports, getting in front of your team, coaching your team, it really can change the dynamic in your agency. And so putting yourself in a position where not having to wear too many hats can go a long way as well. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a lot to deal with, but the fruit's there. So it's... um. It's fun to watch from the outside perspective, that's for sure. I'll leave you guys with one more thing. And I think this is kind of like the silent advantage to digital marketing and this form of internet leads that we're talking about. And it's something that I never realized was even a thing until just over the years, I started to observe this from sales coaching and listening to hundreds, thousands of sales calls. And I started to realize a really weird phenomenon that I never would have guessed in a million years. And that was that when we started putting really hot, expensive, high intent leads in front of our sales team, guess what happened? Sales went down, bundles went down, not up. It didn't double their production. It didn't triple their production. And it, it was because we weren't ready. We didn't, we were putting hot leads in front of people that weren't ready for them yet. And there's such a thing as um, your team needing to have the right insurance muscles Mm -hmm. to be able to maximize the opportunities that you're putting in front of them. And some sales conversations are easier than other conversations. So that might be, maybe we think of the mortgage referral that, you know, that has certainly got its challenges, but it's an easier conversation than say going door to door, for example, there's a whole spectrum of easy to challenging. If we only put 
the easy conversations in front of our team members, what's the opportunity cost of that? There's an opportunity cost to everything. So they're going to close some business. Let's say a client calls into the agency and says, hey, Justin, I'd like to have a quote of my car insurance. Right. If that salesperson has only ever encountered that kind of insurance conversation, then guess what you're going to get as, as a result out of that? A car insurance sale. Yep. They're not going to fight for, for under helping them understand the coverage or they're not going to have the, the push to ask those additional questions that are so important. So I think the silent advantage is that there's this really cool thing that happens when you have a team of people who know how to overcome objections. They know that their job doesn't start to the client says no. They know that they're here to provide professional level expertise. So that means even if the client says, oh, well, I'm good with having state minimum, they know how to overcome coverage objections. They know how to handle objections to the close because you just solved a real problem and put the client in a better position. Mm -hmm. If your sales team knows how to do that, and then if your client care team knows how to carry on that same experience, then all of a sudden you're able to produce at a higher level and and achieve things that maybe wouldn't have happened if we were only ever used to a more one-dimensional conversation. So I think that there's a cool thing that happens when we challenge our teams to stretch themselves and to get really confident in some of the conversations where they're going to need to be able to create an experience. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so truthful. Um, if you don't use the skill, you're going to lose it. So uh, leading by example, I think is, is a great way to do that and, and getting on the floor and and helping them understand and, and hearing them pitch is, is really fun too. So salespeople like to be challenged. And I think that's just a natural salesperson. And everyone is, I want to continue to grow and, and be good at what I do. Yeah. And I have fun, you know, with the, the training, the coaching that we do here at quantum coming up with, you know, talk paths that work where we can really create a meaningful connection with clients because these are real people that we're helping. And just because they were looking online doesn't mean that they're, a, um, a client that, that we don't want to have at the agency, you know, they're um, somebody that came to me by a mortgage referral, for example, could also be the person that's shopping online for insurance. These are, that's just how people shop these days. And everybody deserves a really great educational insurance consultation. Absolutely. And if we can all make that our goal, I think clients just across the country will win. I agree. <laughs> well, it was so fun chatting with you guys today. Thanks, Justin Marks. And um, man, I hope that we answered some questions that you have about digital marketing. And if it's something that you've been thinking about, I, I just want to share things that have worked for us in the past or things where we've seen those pitfalls. And um, if anybody has questions about how you can um, know if the sales scripts are working in your agency or anything like that, I always love talking sales coaching and all of that fun stuff. So thanks for tuning in, listeners. And we're looking forward to um, joining you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.